All right, good morning. Um, Jesus says these familiar words to us in Matthew's gospel, uh, where he says, come to me, right? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. If you've been a part of Regen at all over the last like three or four years, you undoubtedly have heard these words um, in our liturgy, their songs like, you know, you know, hear the words of Christ, our savior, come to me, come, you know, right, right. We sing, we sing that song or even like, come, come to the house of rest or like David Crowder's, uh, you know, you know, all who are weary. I don't, I can't remember the, how it goes. Like, what, what is it? Come, what is, is your favorite song? Come out of sadness from wherever you, you know what I'm saying. Okay, so we have like a lot of these references to this verse that get in there. Uh, there's these comfortable words, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. What's funny, though, is that even though we've used them in our liturgy and sang a lot of songs on it, I, didn't, I went back and looked at my last 13 years of sermon records, like just in, my, in these file folders on my computer. I have not written one sermon on these words, as much as these are such familiar and comfortable words for us here at Regen. So today's appointed gospel story in the church lectionary for today just happens to be these words, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, then I'll give you rest. So that's what we're going to focus on this morning. Uh, Let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, our Abba, our Papa, Son Jesus and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, we know we need not summon you into our midst, God, for you are already here. You're as close as the air that we breathe, but simply, God, we ask that you would allow us to notice that presence that presence that is always surrounding us. We ask for new eyes to see the world through the way that you see the world, to see ourselves the way that you see us as your beloved sons and daughters. We ask for new hearts and new minds so we can comprehend the the, the height and the depth and the breadth of your immeasurable love for us. And then we ask for new hands and feet so that way we can take this belovedness of us and bring that out into the world. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, all right, if you've been tracking uh, with us during this uh, Pentecost season, uh, this is like a, a, a season that the church calendar calls ordinary time. Uh, it, it, it's basically this time between Pentecost and, uh, and Advent for the most part. Uh, this is ordinary time. And, and, and you'll notice we've been spending this ordinary time with Jesus these weeks in Matthew's gospel. Whether it's a sermon that, I've, uh, that you've heard from me or Pastor Steve over the last couple weeks, uh, I, I think they've all been from Matthew's gospel. Um, we're seeing healings. And, and, and teachings, we, 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 we've talked about, you know, Jesus sending out the apostles, right? These are the kind of stories that we've been looking at during this Pentecost season, this ordinary time. And so Matthew 11, beginning in verse 25, is where we're going to pick up today. And so if you've got a Bible and you're following along, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. Where Jesus says, at that time, well, no, at that time, Jesus said, And he goes, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. He's saying here, I openly and joyfully acknowledge your great wisdom. He goes on and says that you have hidden these things. He's hidden, God has hidden these spiritual truths. All the stuff he's been talking about for these last couple chapters. He's hidden these spiritual truths from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. 
basically to new believers, to those who are seeking God's will and his purpose. Jesus goes on, yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me, Jesus says, by the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Son except for the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father except for the Son. And anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. So, and here's these words, these comfortable words. So come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary and heavily burdened. Heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. This is what the Amplified Bible uh, translated as. And I will give you rest. I'll give you refreshment for your souls. I'll bring my true salvation upon you. So take my yoke, take my teaching, take this words upon you and learn from me. Following me as my disciple. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest. You'll find renewal. You'll find the blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, I'm going to invite uh, uh, our, uh, our esteemed behind-the-scenes uh, beautiful wife of mine to actually join me up here. Got a stool for you and a mic. And uh, everyone say hi to Anna. We're going to put on some of, the, some of this uh, quiet music. And what we're going to do is we're going to spend just a moment. We're going to spend about two minutes, just about two minutes, okay, reflecting on these words of Jesus. And we're going to allow, can you smile? And we're going to allow these words of Jesus to sink into our hearts. Um, either you can do this by remembering and reflecting on what I just spoke. You can open up your Bibles. You can, maybe you have it up on a screen or something. But allow these words to sink into your hearts. Because it's the quiet moments where our hearts can begin to explore these words of Jesus even deeper. And as we're reflecting, I want to contemplate the following questions, okay? These are the same questions that we've asked multiple times whenever we've done this dialogical style of preaching. Anna's going to type these into the comments as well. But the first question is, where is there some conflict for you in these words of Jesus? Basically, in other words, what is the spirit disrupting as you lean in to these words of Jesus? And number two, where is there some clarity for you in these words of Jesus? Like, what is the Spirit confirming in you as you lean in? So really, these two questions, what they do is they help us to try to, you know, you know dig into these words of Jesus deeper where, what, where is it rubbing? Where is there some friction where you're like, ah, oh, that just doesn't sit right in here. And then on the other side, holding the tension in the other side, what, ooh, what, what, yeah, oh, wow, that, that's great. I, I resonate with that. I can feel that. So this is just simply an offering for us to slow down our impulses, to sit with God, our thoughts, and to seek a more careful response to scripture. As we've done in the past, we'll have time to share these after this personal time. And we're going to try to navigate this like 45 minute delay that I'm pretty sure we have. So feel free to drop a comment as you're contemplating these questions. Anytime a, a comment pops in your head, you don't have to wait till the two minutes are over. Just pop the question right in the comment. Uh, this is a holy and sacred typing if you, if you, if you, on your screen, if you want to call it that. Uh, and so we just simply ask, speak, Lord, for your children are listening. Speak, Lord, for your children are listening.
All right, friends, in just a moment, just another moment, just one more minute, we're going to have a short time, like I said, of sharing what God's spirit may be sparking among us, okay? So again, feel free to drop a thought in the comments. You can start doing that now. Uh, Anna will then read them to me when we get there. Just don't make your comments so long because we want to give other people time to be able to uh, you know, comment in as well. So just another 30 seconds or so. Anna. Um, just real quickly though, I just want to remind you that as we prepare to share, it's always a good reminder whenever we get into dialogical discussions like this. There, there, there's an old uh, practice that the, that, that, that the Hebrews used to use back even before Jesus and it was a rabbinical style of, of it was a rabbinical practice called Midrash. And, and what Midrash was, was they would just talk about the scriptures. They would, they would ask more questions than even trying to come up with an answer. And so there was just so many different questions that came up, came up with, and a lot of times after Midrash, they would actually come out of the other end, sometimes more confused than they might've been in the beginning, but it's this beautiful exercise of allowing multiple voices and different worldviews to kind of speak into scripture, because we all come from it at a different, in a different way. And so it's, remember this, as humans, we have different opinions and it's okay to hear something or to read something in a comment that you don't agree with, okay? This is a space for us to be nourished by what God's spirit is doing in each other, not just through one person uh, who was studying this this week. So any comments, Anna, that's coming up? Yes. Uh, Jen. Make sure they can hear you. You need to be close to that, please. Okay. Thank you. Uh, sorry. Jen Cashman says, uh, reaffirmation that we need to turn to him and he will give us some relief of our problem or in her case, pain. Hey, Abby, can you give me that pen and that little uh, sticking pad? Thanks, honey. All right, friends. Anyone else? Yes. Um... Paul says it helps him immensely to know that he can lay his burdens at the feet of the master of the universe. Um, and then Lori says the conflict that she sees is that um, all the work that has to be done. Mm. I, I get the sense that I don't want to speak for Lori, but that She's saying, like, how can we rest when we know how much work there is to be done? Is that kind of what it seems like the question, maybe? Maybe. Or, yeah. Um, and then Brian Barb says that he knows he is a Christ follower, but truth be told, he is still weary, still tired, and still has heavy burdens. Mm. 
says also that um, her first week vacation and four months of bereavement work, or to clarify, four months of quarantine, 25 years in hospice, so that it really resonates with her. Um, Andrew says that he's challenged by the idea of coming to Jesus. How do we do this? What does it mean for me to come to Jesus? I believe the words. I don't always understand the practical steps. That's good. And Matthew Russell says Jesus wants us to come to him carrying our hearts, not the world that we think be important. Did Matt was the... Was that Matt Russell? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the sermon that's following. <laughs> the mini sermon. Can you just read Matt's comment again, actually? Yes. Jesus wants us to come to him carrying our hearts, not the world that we think be important. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to be honest with me, Matt. Was that you or Dawn? Because last time I gave you kudos for something, I think it was Dawn, so... Even though everyone gets kudos all the time. But one time you gave it to Dawn and it was Matthew, so. Anyone else or no? Uh, no. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So I've just been, if, you, if you've noticed, I've been writing down the, uh, I've just been uh, writing down the little, uh, little notes here on the sticky notes as we've been going through and. The, the most common thread that I get from y'all and, and even in my own, you know, when I, when I look at this is that idea of, of comfort. Um, you know, that idea of the affirmation. Someone said, I wrote down an affirmation of the comfort we have here or someone else, the comfort. Um, you know, but that, that conflict though of there's more work to be done in the world. No, that's something to, to sit with for sure. Any other, is there any other comments before you no, go? No, but it was Matt. It was Matt. Can okay. I get down? Yeah. Thanks, honey. Everyone say thank you to Anna. Um, yeah, these are for sure some, uh, you know, these are for sure some strange, you know, comforting words from, from Jesus. We can turn down the, uh, yeah. You know, these are, these are for sure some strange words of Jesus. Uh, like they, th- these are words that definitely I can see having much conflict and much, uh, and much clarity kind of all. I mean, when you think about it, we talk about this all the time. Even faith and doubt are, are held in this container of tension that we're always kind of wrestling through. Um, but let's just kind of start here. Let's just start with kind of in the beginning. B- before we get to the, to the comfortable words, the come to me part, these are even the beginning part. If you notice, was is some very strange words of Jesus. Um, you see, for 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 over a thousand years, for thousands of years, all throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, and I think this is gonna. I think this can bring some clarity to maybe the practical kind of element of that people were asking about with the with, with the comfort. Like, even though I, I believe in Christ, I still have a lot of weariness and I have a lot of burning in my soul. But, but let's just kind of dissect this from the beginning. So over like thousands and thousands of years, um, all throughout the Hebrew scriptures and teachings, wisdom was regarded as like top level achievement. Like that's where you wanted to be. Wisdom was where 
it, 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 it was at, you know, and, and the basic premise that was taught was that God gave those, those who revered him, those who uh, followed the long tradition of Torah study, those were the people who were given wisdom. Like, you know, the, basically the harder you worked at studying the Torah, the harder you worked at following all the little commandments, that was basically how you gained wisdom. And wisdom is then basically why the Pharisees, the, the, the priests, the pastors in Jesus' day spoke like they did. It, it, that was very common for the religious leaders to speak the way that we see them speaking all throughout the Gospels. And that's why Jesus comes in and he subverts this almost every single time. Like he's like, why are you laying heavy burdens on these people? Why, why are you all these kinds of things? And so for the average Jew in Jesus' day, the average Hebrew person, the person who uh, aspired to be like the pastors or, or aspired to be you know, in the ways of Yahweh, this kind of wisdom, this wisdom that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and these other religious rulers could attain was as far out for us as becoming like a brain surgeon or an astronaut in today's culture. Uh, not that it was not attainable, but that many of us are not going into uh, brain surgery or many of us are not, you know, there, there was a lot of work that, I mean, in order to be a brain surgeon in today's culture, you've got to go through, I mean, years and years. You probably, even if you started in your early 20s, you're probably not going to be into your mid 30s till you're actually doing brain surgery. Uh, and, and so this was kind of the ethos that was around for most people that in order for them to be close and have the wisdom of God, they needed to be a scholar, they needed to be trained in the language and the literature, all good things, but they also needed to have the time, the time to ponder all these teachings and these rabbinic laws and these weighty, complicated doctrines. And so this is kind of where we're at. And so I want to introduce now uh, our favorite commentator, uh, N.T. Wright, and this is what he writes about this particular passage in light of some of the history that I've just told you. He says, and so Jesus... He's talking about Jesus now with these words, these words of that he's bringing this to children. Listen to this. Sliced through all of that, everything that I just told you about history. He sliced through all of that with these words. No, he declared, you just need to be a little child. Jesus had come to know his father the way a son does, not by studying books about him, but from him as an apprentice, just like an apprentice does from a master, by watching and imitating. And so Jesus is now discovering that the wise and the learned in their culture were getting nowhere, but the little people, the poor, the sinners, the tax collectors, the ordinary folks were now discovering more of God simply by following Jesus than the learned specialist who declared that what he was doing didn't fit with their complicated theories and doctrines. Do, do you see what N.T. Wright is trying to tell us here? N.T. Wright is telling us that, that Jesus was coming to see that he himself, himself was becoming and was and now is that window to the living God. That Jesus himself was the better word of God. The Pharisees, the, the Hebrew pastors in the first century had been pleading, had been forcing people to carry the heavy yoke, 
to carry the teaching of the Torah, the burden of the Jewish laws with all its commandments and rules about, you know, eating shellfish or how the right way to observe the Sabbath was or what the right coverings for your hair was or all these different types of things. These were the heavy burdens the, the, the religious rulers in Jesus' day was laying upon the people. That these were the ways that you got closer to God. These were the things you needed to observe and you needed to do them religiously in order to get that wisdom that they spoke of. But Jesus here is offering a different yoke. That's what he's saying. Come to me. Take my yoke upon you, my teaching. The yoke was the rabbinic teaching. This teaching, he says, is coming from my mercy and my love. And he says, that's what's easy to bear. But we do get into this conflict, right? Where, 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 where Lori was talking about, but there's so much more to be done in the world. Or, or even Andrew and Brian were talking about, but it's hard to do this as we follow Christ. Even though we follow Christ, it's not like this whole thing is easy. And, and we did talk about this just a couple of weeks ago, right? Following Jesus is not easy in and of itself. We talked about this, right? Carrying a cross takes work. But here's where it comes to, and this is where Matt really did nail it right on the head this morning, but through the ethos of Jesus' heart, he's asking us to bring our hearts. Through the ethos of Jesus' merciful and loving spirit, then our moral and physical and emotional and financial burdens and all the likes, those things don't need to weigh us down because our ultimateness is in bringing our hearts to Jesus. And so N.T. Wright continues, and I think this is going to help us a lot with the practicality of a verse like this. I can't not read to you his commentary this morning. It was just too good. But N.T. Wright says it this way. He sums all of this up and he goes, Jesus, now he's talking about the come to me part, okay? He's encouraging us to believe that Jesus isn't going to stand over us like a policeman. He isn't going to be cross with us like an angry school teacher. How many of us grew up and we have this idea of God as this angry schoolmaster damning us and, 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 and just like standing over us like that oppressive school teacher. But this is what T. Ray said. So Jesus is saying, that's not what it is. I'm not going to levy these heavy burdens on you. And N.T. Wright says, the welcome that he offers for all who abandon themselves simply to Jesus' mercy, that's the welcome God offers through Jesus. This is the invitation which pulls back the curtain and lets us see who the Father really is, right? That good, good Father that we sang about. And this encourages us to come into his loving welcoming presence. You see, laying our burdens on Jesus. You know, we lay down our burdens. I finally figured it out. I finally got that in my head finally. Um, but doing so doesn't mean that life isn't hard. It doesn't mean that there's not still work to do. It doesn't mean that everything, you know, lines up exactly perfectly. Like, hey, I believe in Jesus and now I get this t-shirt. Like that's just not really, that's not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is subversive, sacrificial love. And whenever we give of ourselves outside of ourselves and we sacrifice, it takes a piece of us with it. But Jesus' invitation is as we do that, he's not going to stand over us like a policeman or an angry, you know, demanding schoolmaster that every little tiny thing that we do is exactly perfect in life. We can then, like N.T. Wright said, not allow these moral and physical and emotional financial burdens 
to weigh us down. This is Jesus' welcome to all of us, to simply come into his loving, welcoming, and inviting presence. That's it. My friends, you are a beloved child of the Most High. You are a beloved child of the divine. You are a beloved child of your Abba, your Papa, your Father God. You are a beautiful and beloved image bearer of the creator of the cosmos. And as a beloved child, allow yourself to be loved. Allow yourself today to be loved, to feel loved, to know you're loved. What's really cool about this word beloved is that we are beloved sons and daughters of the Most High, right? But we also can allow ourselves to be loved. We are beloved, but we allow ourselves to be loved. And in turn then, once we allow ourselves to be loved, we then can be love out into the world. It starts here. This is where it starts. It simply starts with Jesus inviting us to come to his table just as we are. Like N.T. Wright said, Jesus isn't standing above us. He's not pouring salt in our shameful wombs. He's not giving us a to-do list of do's and don'ts in order to be in his presence. But simply in the shadow of the cross, he invites us to come just as we are. That's it. Just come and discover your belovedness. He invites us to come as we are and then he refuses to allow us to stay the same. Because when we know our belovedness and we allow ourselves to be loved, then we are to be loved out there in the world. He invites us to discover who we are through his eyes, not the, our eyes or the eyes of the world. He invites us here to discover the childlike innocence of being in the presence of a heavenly father that loves you more than you could ever imagine, who always has and always will love you no matter what you may have heard or been taught. Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Not promising it's going to be easy, but walk with me. Work with me. Do all of this with me. When we go out into the world and we have this stuff to do, like Lori said, when we have more of the weight on our shoulders, we get to do it together with the presence of the Spirit. We're not doing it alone. He says, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. This is not something we can force upon each other. But learn these unforced rhythms of grace through me. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Again, he's not saying I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting in terms of what your work is to be done in the world, but I'm not going to lay all these heavy burdens of the Torah and the law and these commandments on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly, you'll learn to be more present in this moment. And so as we prepare to approach the table Jesus invites us to, I want to spend just one moment, just one minute, simply one minute, not a long reflection, not a long meditation, in quiet contemplation of this one truth. And so I want you to take a deep breath in 
And then exhale that breath. And as you take a breath, I want you to say the word be. Just simply be, as in to exist. To exist in that particular moment. Be. And as you exhale, loved. Loved. As a beloved son and daughter of the Most High. In, be. And out, loved. Just simply spend one minute focusing on your breath. In, be, and out, loved. As you focus on your breath and being loved, not only are you being loved by the divine, you also are love. Be love. Let love be in your being at this moment. Know that at this very moment, we're not talking about the moment before or the moment that's to come, but in this very moment, you are loved. Simply breathe in, be, and exhale love back into the world. Inhale the love of Jesus and exhale that love back into your loved ones, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your community, your country, and your world. Be. Just exist. Just be loved by the Father. Papa, Daddy, Father God, Brother Jesus and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, as we approach your table this morning, may we do so, so filled with your love as your children that we know that at this moment there is nowhere else we possibly could be except for in your love. Father, as we breathe in this spirit that surrounds, as we breathe in the spirit that created the cosmos, as we breathe in your spirit of your love, your merciful, sacrificial love that we saw so perfectly executed on the cross, God, may we be filled with that same love that Jesus poured out upon that cross and saying to Telestai, it is finished. My love is now you. It's inside of you to bring out into the world. Breathe in God's love and exhale that love to those around you. Father, Son, and Spirit, as we approach your table this morning, may we do so with new hearts, new eyes, a new soul, new hands and feet, hands that will take that bread, that will take your body, take that cup, take your blood and nourish our souls. May these elements that we partake nourish our souls so that way we know just how much we are loved. We pray all these things in Jesus' name who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses just as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen.